powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to friends, foes, and neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings because what you're about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for pop culture, commentary, and interviews featuring no drama and no controversy guaranteed. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Productions Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hi, everybody. Hello. Wow, back again. Thank you so much. Hello, please sit. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. Before we get into the episode, I want to say a huge, massive thank you to my last guest, the comedy duo of Frangela. Angela and Francis were an absolute delight to speak to, and I was overjoyed by the response to the interview. I want to wish them both continued success. They don't need it, but they I just want to wish it to them anyway. They're just amazing. If you haven't heard the episode yet... Be sure to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. It's actually one of my absolute favorite episodes to date. So welcome to episode 96. We have a really special interview for you today in the form of autism activist Sarah Gullaherd Bradford, a.k.a. S.J. Childs. She is an accomplished author, and she hosts an incredibly popular autism awareness podcast called The S.J. Childs Show. Great name, right? We had a great chat, and I cannot wait for you to hear about all the good things she is doing in this world. So let's just get on out of here. Duval Nation, please rise to your feet and welcome all the way from Salt Lake City, Utah, the home of the Utah Jazz, Sarah Gulliher Bradford, a.k.a. S.J. Childs. Sarah, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duval Show. How is the weather out by you today? Oh, thank you. It's actually a beautiful day. It's 70 degrees right now. Yeah, it's a great evening to go for a walk or just to, you know, take in those fall leaves. So I start my interviews with the same question is, how has it been for you to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic so far? You know, that's a great question because I think that I'll probably want to be, I don't know how many people would answer this, but it hardly affected. Well, it affected us twofold. I would say that. Um, the side of it affecting our actual socialization. I was already homeschooling children who are special needs. So for that matter, didn't make a difference at all uh, in the sense that it did, you know, unfortunately create a little bit of drifts between some family members and close family members. Yes, that happened. And luckily that's been, you know, um, mended uh but it was it was hard to kind of stand our ground if you will to what our safety guidelines in our home were hmm. interesting yeah so every journey has a beginning where were you born what was it like growing up yeah there? uh reno nevada i'm an only child of a air force general major general retired and a nurse uh, and so Uh, They divorced early in my childhood, and it was a very moving around a lot, had to learn how to adapt to new (laughs) situations and locations and how to make friends or hopefully not enemies, you know, (laughs) wherever you go. Um, I'd say it was good in that I got to experience a lot of things. 
at the time, I would have said it was a very lonely existence. Um, and so I think that it's almost like I sometimes like in my my story to a, a Disney movie, you know, tragic beginning and fairy tale ending. <laughs> well, I think someone someone mentioned me a couple months ago is the same thing. Kind of like my had a kind of Disney, you know, uh, childhood. I'm like, which which one of your which one of your family members died? Which 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 parent was the one that died? That's, that's, this would be the only team I ever see in a Disney movie. <laughs> yeah, it was not death as far as just like separation, you know, and um, we moved across states. And so I'd have to go back and forth from state to state. And as an only child, and especially when I was uh, an older uh, teenager and I lived with my father, he was, uh, you know, served in all the wars. <laughs> and um, so at that time in the 90s, you know, was was heavy doing those types of things. And so I actually lived with with housemates and house uh, sitters, if you would. And um, so that was kind of a different lifestyle to live as a, a teenage girl. Um, but in, at all costs, it really made me an independent person. Mm. So. so at what point in your life did you decide to become an autism activist? Was it college? <laughs> was it some point in your life? Uh, was when our my son, my first biological son, was diagnosed with autism at the age of 16 months, pretty early on. Uh, and at, it was, with all due respect to him, more severe and challenging at that time. And, you know, we've we've come a long way since then. So lots of progress. Being a parent and having a child diagnosed as being on the spectrum can be an enormous challenge. What advice do you give to those mm -hmm. parents who, you know, they take their baby or young child to a doctor and they give them that kind of diagnosis? Yeah. What do you give to those parents in that moment? I love this question, actually, because I'm going to give you both sides of the story. There was a time when I advocated strongly that parents be able to feel that um, pain or uncomfortableness of losing that expectation of what that child and their relationship and their hope for their future was. And then along my journey, I, you know, met um, a lot of individuals, one who shared with me that the pain that he personally suffered, um, thinking that he was a pain or that he had, his parents had to grieve for him, for his life that really changed my perspective and made me want to advocate more to say, yes, it's challenging. Yes, you're going to need support systems, but this child still deserves the dignity, the love, the respect, and the humanity to give a hundred percent of all of your hope and love and, you know, expectations too. So. So let's talk about your podcast. The SJ Child Show, which, by the way, I think the and show we have a lot in common. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, what inspired you to launch this endeavor? Uh, I've been going on to several. I've written seven children's books about uh, special needs, ones that were especially affecting our children, and I wanted to share with the community how they could better accept and support my kids as their peers. And so I thought children's books was a great way to go. So I was host or guesting on a lot of different podcasts, and enough people luckily said, "Hey." 
you're great at this. You need to get your own podcast. You need to start your own show and share this information that is clearly valuable and really helping families to navigate these situations. How has it been for you to establish yourself in the podcasting community? Oh, fantastic. I, my favorite thing is making connections and I had no idea that this was a medium where I could do that. And so I wish I had known, you know, 20 years ago, I wish I could, had gotten into radio or something uh, to that effect, but for them, it has not only brought me a real sense of a new sense of me, a new sense of who I am as a person showing up in the world in that I was a house mom, just kind of doing my own thing. But now I'm like, you know, I have to get presentable and I have to uh, speak to people on these, you know, intellectual levels that I love to do. And so it was, it's really been fantastic. And the people have been so supportive. I think I've made lifetime friends since starting to be a podcaster with other podcast individuals. I will say this. I've been doing um, this show for three years. And prior to that, I was on another show. I will say with very rare exception, the podcasting community as a whole has been the most uplifting, supportive community that anyone who is overcoming though, you know, a, a personal fear of talking, you know, to the masses, you couldn't ask for a better community to start with is podcasting. And yes, there are, you know, 83 million podcasts out there. Yes, there are some that, you know, are making millions of dollars. I don't care if this thing makes five bucks. Yeah. I just like doing it, you know? So I, I admire that. Thank you. And, you know, I love that you said that too, because just recently I had a really great episode that um, went viral, something happened, and it was able to open the monetization up for podcasting, which I haven't had the chance to do. I've tried to do it, you know, on my own in, you know, cold sales, whatever you want to call. <laughs> but um, this is great because now, even though it might be small, it's grown, you know, it's growing. And now I see the beginning and my husband is like, I know you don't see the end, but I see the end, you know, he's <laughs> like, keep, keep going, keep going. So I, I and I will, and I love to um, share these, the information with families to live to interview people. And I'm learning so much along the way. All right. I'm going to ask this one question, then we'll get back to the question I already pre-did. Uh, name drop. Who's the biggest guest you've had on your show so far? I had the screenwriter for Jaws, Carl's Gottlieb. Carl Gottlieb? I've had him too. Yeah. And probably uh, Temple Grandin in the uh, autism community. Um, yeah. Other really big advocates too. So... Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break, but we'll be right back with the conclusion of this interview with S.J. Childs. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super nice, long, deep breaths, you know, Clouseau style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Give a couple of friends of the show your attention, and we'll be right back. Hey, do you have a podcast, or maybe you're just thinking about starting a podcast? 
Well, I am Chris from Podtastic Audio, and here I show you tips and tricks on how to make your audio sound the best it possibly can with the gear you already have. With two years of experience on the Chris and Christine show creating the finest audio I possibly can make, I will show you the tips and tricks I have used on that show to make the audio sound fantastic. So if you have any podcast-related questions to your audio, you always can email me at podcasticaudio at gmail.com like this guy here did. His name is Joe. Joe writes in from the cast. Hey, Chris, when we all sit down together to record our episode, our audio is too low and it has a lot of echo in the recording. How do we make our show sound better? Well, Joe, is the microphone you're using rhyme with the name Betty? And is that microphone in the same room with you? I'd start with that stuff first. And for more podtastic audio information, you can go to anchor.fm slash podtastic audio. And you keep on making your amazing podcast. Hey, great treehouse. I built it in two days and I didn't even follow any plans. Why waste time? Hold on. Whoa. <laughs> gotcha. Quick kick. I guess I was in too big of a hurry. Remember, anything worth doing is worth planning. If you don't plan, you're out on a limb. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Hi, it's Michelle Fabre, and you can hear my new single, Last Chance for Love, on Spotify, Apple Music, and all other streaming platforms. Last chance for love, last chance for love. Can we make it? Just tell me so. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy, it is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam, the provocateur. And together we are the Spy Hearts Podcast. Every Tuesday, we decode the best and the worst of spy cinema to decipher if they make the knock list. That's right. The knock list is the need to see official classics of the spy genre. The best of the best, so to speak. Nobody does it better. From Born to Bond and Powers to Palmer, you can bet we will cover it. So subscribe now and revel in the audio equivalent of a smooth martini. Just search for Spy Hards, that's S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S on all major podcast apps. And let's just hope you find us before we find you.
Sergio, arriving. Hello, everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, a veteran's journey from homeless to hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 96 of The Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with autism activist Sarah Gulliher Bradford, a.k.a. S.J. Childs. So since you started the show, what would you say has been the hardest obstacle that you've had to overcome? You know, I, I would say that reaching out to certain guests was the hardest obstacle at, at one point. And, you know, it, I'm going to just say this. When I sent the email to Elon Musk saying, hey, let's talk about Asperger's. You know, I have Asperger's. My husband has Asperger's. Let's sit down. We have things in common. Um, it took away all of the fear of ever reaching out to anyone else after that. Of course, I haven't heard back from him. I shouldn't say, of course, please let me hear back from him. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, um, it really helped like push me over that edge or that line of fear of reaching out to someone, because at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all uh, excited to share our stories. That's awesome. So what has the response for your show been like? It's, you know, I think as far as me doing it very grassroots and off the, you know, out of my home office and never had to even really listen to many podcasts. I think it's going well. I, I would hope to say so. Um, I love to watch uh, the listener growth, obviously, and see that it's really, it's affected, like people are listening and just to think that I just recently and numbers, you know, can be neither here nor there, but for us, we just celebrated our 5,000th download. And I think that's, that's awesome. just, it's a great milestone to be able to say in a year we've accomplished this mm. and, you know, whether or not that is fast or slow, you, like you said, there's some people out there making millions, but what I'm doing is knowing that 5,000 people heard a podcast or an episode of mine and went back and listened for more. Mm. And that's just so exciting. That's pretty much last night at that Utah jazz game. That's like a tiny little bit of the stadium right there. It's like, <laughs> I listened to her show. There you go. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And of course I handed out cards. While I there was you there. Go. <laughs> All right. So I got to ask, where did the idea for the books come from? Again, from my experiences and my children, uh, we all have a physical difference. I have anxiety. Um, we all have autism and my husband and daughter have dyslexia. Um, one of my other books is about Down syndrome. So that was a little bit outside of our um, personal family, but I have a sister-in-law who I cared for in her last days with Down syndrome and Alzheimer's as well. So everything has really touched my personal family and I see the need to teach the people who are going to create the future, which are the children. And I believe that when you give them a little bit of knowledge, it'll turn that fear into understanding. 
for a split second, I thought you were going to break out Whitney Houston for me. <laughs> I was sitting there like, I was just mouthing along. I'm like, no. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. All right. So will you please tell my listeners about your upcoming yeah. Autism Safety Summit? Absolutely. It is um, October 22nd, 2022. So it is coming up very quickly and it is going to cover all kinds of topics, autism safety. We have a person coming to talk about water safety, which is a big, big um, safety concern due to the lack of danger that some autistic individuals can have and their um they're drawn to water and freeways as unfortunately, you know, for like sensory, um, sensory things. But uh, we're also going to have emergency responder safety, home safety, school safety, uh, driver safety. We have an autistic man that owns a driver's company for autistic individuals. So I'm trying to cover a lot of, of, you know, just everything in the world today, uh, medical professionals, and I'll be doing a piece about, uh, parent communication and the importance of using effective communication with professionals to get the right type of service. All right. So what is next? Uh, take the summit out of the equation. What is next for Sarah? Oh, wow. I'm really hoping to get an autism consulting business maybe off, um, you know, going or maybe a center. I would love to some someday open a center. And that's something I'm trying to get more education about. And I guess educating myself, learning how I can just do better. You know, I, I'm working with my local children's hospital to create a sensory room in their emergency department. I just recently um, was involved in my local police department's training on autism, which was phenomenal. And to just see the response in my own local community that they want to take to help keep our kiddos safe, you know, in their vulnerable states. Mm. All right. So I'd like to ask one fun question as we enter the final phase of this interview. What sort of shows or music are you currently into? Gosh, we just finished a lot of good shows. We're watching Lock and Key. We're finishing the last episode of that with our daughter, which is a lot of fun. So I'd like to share that with her. And then my husband and I like to watch um, a lot of stand-up comedy. So I can't think of anybody in particular. Just like we like to laugh. We like to laugh a lot in our house. So hopefully that's a good thing. <laughs> what about music? Any good music you're listening to? You know, it's great. My husband always finds like new music. Uh, Dope Lemon is is a good band that I really like right now. And some of the other things that are really, you know, kind of funk related. Um, I like that. It's awesome. Style. Yeah. All right. So as we wind down this interview, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Oh, please do. Uh, you can just straight Google SJ Childs, which is my pen name and my host name for the SJ Child Show. I'm also at social media at the SJ Child Show. Uh, and it will lead you to all of my social medias, YouTubes, all the good stuff. All right. And I end my interviews with my favorite question. Well, the question is this, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast or be the one thing you want to say to the people of earth? <sighs> Behavior is communication. So please understand that if we all could be better communicators and understand that there is all just communication behind everything, 
we could learn how to help one another more, be better supportive people. That's awesome. Sarah, <laughs> congratulations on all your success. Congratulations on the SJ Child Show. And uh, best of luck to see you at the Autism Safety Summit. Oh, thank you so much for having me on your show today. I really appreciate the time. You, you are welcome. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 96. I want to thank Sarah for taking the time to come on the show. She was a great sport for taking the time out of her very busy schedule to speak with me. And I want to wish her all the best in her upcoming summit. A few housekeeping items before we close out this episode. And as you just heard, this is episode 96. And we are now just four shows away from the big centennial episode. I am dying to tell you who the 100th guest is. But some secrets, man, you know what? You just got to keep them on your chest. Believe me, folks, it's going to be an amazing episode. Have you had the chance to check out our store on TeePublic? We have everything from magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have a carefully curated collection of t-shirts put together by myself and Mrs. Duvall. Be sure to go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Look on the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on TeePublic. And we want to thank TeePublic for being such great partners. As we close out October, we have two more shows left in October, I want to remind you that it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We've had some very, very close friends that we've either lost or have been afflicted by breast cancer. So I want to urge you all, work it out with your insurance company to make sure you get an appointment to get a mammogram, especially, folks, if you have family history. An early catch can mean the difference between life and death. I am not exaggerating in any way, shape, or form. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, to explore past episodes and find links to purchase merchandise. Please subscribe to our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Derek Duvall Show.